Hey. Oh, Welcome to No Prize Podcast. I am the professor. This is Lucas. And it's yes, the sir. end of fall. It's the end of fall, but it's not the end of comics. You lie. <laughs> and you I lie. mean it's the end of it's the end of summer. It's the beginning oh. of fall. And it's the beginning of football season, so yes. you know, we're happy. We're happy that uh, kids are back to school. We're happy that uh, you know, seems like seems like everything's going smoothly. Um, so, what is going on, Lucas? How are you for the last couple of weeks? I'm doing good, man. Uh, but you know, you know how it is. You. As as we're you know doing the show, you know we're prepping and sending our prayers and everything um, to the the families and and persons and, and whatever uh, yeah. affected by the uh, twenty year events of the uh, of nine eleven. Right, this is not yeah. just one thing that would happen on one day. This is twenty years of yeah. stuff uh, have acted by some idiots. Who, who just wanted to do do whatever they wanted want to do uh, so but we wanted to just send our our prayers and hopes and and you know know that you know we love y'all and uh, peace and love and we will always always be thinking of your your family members and the sacrifice that they had to give for sure for sure i mean the country's landscape has changed over the 20 years i don't think that um anybody forgets where they were um when uh, when 9-11 happened, uh, I mean, I could tell you from myself, my son was four months old and sitting in the swing, in a little swing, trying to get some sleep next to me when I woke up and I turned the TV on and um, I, I turn, happened to turn on Good Morning America, which I watched uh, on my day off on those times. And it was my day off from work and uh, and just turned happened to turn it on right when the second plane hit. And uh, at that point, my brother, who was in the military, called me, and uh, it was just like we we're we're at war. I was actually on the phone with my brother when the plane hit, and we were both just silence on the on the other end of the phone for like thirty seconds. It was, it's the it's a un- unbelievable moment in history um, that we hope is never repeated. Um, and you know, when we think about we so we talk about Marvel all the time, and Marvel's. Uh, Marvel's based in New York City for the most part, and um, now I don't know I don't know how far back you go in your collecting days, but I remember how much of a problem that Marvel had. Do we portray? Um, what do we portray in our city, right? Because it is the world outside your window, and um, you know, do we do we uh, do we say? that this happened in our New York, because uh, honestly, wouldn't all of our superheroes save us from this, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and they, they did decide to go the, uh, the route where um, the superheroes aren't always prepared for everything. And, and this was a tragedy that happened and there was nothing anybody, even the superheroes could do about it. And they did uh, a couple of specials where the, the heroes were the first responders and that, um, that really the heroes were only helping in the recovery efforts. And there was nothing that nothing that anyone could do. Um, in fact, in the books this week, there's a, there's a, like a, a six page short. Uh, written by Joe Quesada and uh, drawn by John Romita Jr., who did the original Spider-Man issue, the black Spider-Man issue, if you remember that from 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, uh, that was when I did not expect that that was going to be in the books this week. 
And when it was, they, uh, I thought it was fitting. And um, the, even all the uh, all the books this week have the stamp, the twenty year remembrance stamp on them. So yeah. um, that was that was pretty powerful. I wasn't expecting that. Um, so kudos to Marvel for doing that. Um, but hey, I didn't expect that we were going to start with this, but this is good. You know, we can talk cool. about that. Um, so th- that's that. You know, and that, that you mentioned that it changed the uh, the the national landscape, but it not only changed that, it, it changed it changed the global landscape of and how people actually are able to interact with other countries. And and one of those countries is China, right? You know, China's presence has grown even not even greater since then. Um, So I would actually like to go into Shang-Chi. Did you, have you watched Shang-Chi yet? I did. I went and saw it last week. Uh, Actually, I had to wait till the end of the weekend, but I did go and see it on Sunday. Um, I thought it was really, really good. I wasn't like I think we've been talking about this. Uh, like Forever. I don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what our ex- expectation level was coming into Shang Chi and uh, and the Legend of the Ten Rings, given that it was the first brand new uh, Marvel movie, Marvel property, Marvel characters since the pandemic. Um, with the pandemic still kind of going on with the Delta variant and how much turnout we were going to have in the theaters, um, D- Disney is kind of trying to learn from their mistakes here and we get an exclusive in theater release for the first 40 days or something like that before it it dumps on Disney plus. And, um, and so the only place to see this right now is in the theater. Um, And uh, like, I would uh, I want to hear what your initial thoughts of the movie are before I kind of jump in. But um, so did you see it? Did you see it opening night or? No, uh, I did not see it opening night. I saw it on Saturday, right? Okay. Um, so, you know, first of all, I'm not trying to go back to the theaters. I'm not rushing to go back to any theater, right? right. Um, so, but I had to, right? So I had to, I was going to take talk me, the wife, and the two kids, right? And uh, I made sure there was early enough in the morning that there weren't going to be enough people around. Went to Alamo where you can uh, reserve the seats. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, there's nobody in this. And uh, I made sure that we're not in the middle because people like to gravitate towards the middle. So I put it off to the side, hoping that nobody would buy the other seats. Well, guess what? People bought all the seats. <laughs> there was, it, it, and it incensed me because there was 50 other seats, like empty seats, like rows. There's like rows. For really? It. Yeah, like that were just empty. So you know, and and if we weren't going to eat, I would have been like, okay, whatever. But we wanted to eat, right? This is the Elmo. That's the big part. That's the big uh, benefit hmm. of of eating at the Elmo. You get to eat, right? So I was like, hey. Uh, so I went to the, uh, the cashier. I was like, hey, do you mind if we exchange them? And we exchanged them, and we went forward. And I was worried. I was like, well, the wife was going to enjoy it. it. Didn't matter. No, we, we sat forward. One. Level playing field, you know, and and we watched it, and it was fun, right? Um, here, here, here's where I'll get into, right? As far as the actual movie, right? Uh, this is one that I've been waiting for for a long while, right? Um, yeah. The only thing is trying to explain it to, you know, the wife and kids is it's sticky, right? Hmm. Um, because they don't know 
who this is. He just came out of nowhere to them, right? My wife didn't even know that Shang-Chi was a part of the Marvel Universe till a week ago, right? a week before we went <laughs> to see it. She, right. she was like, why didn't you tell me? Was, it's, there's only been advertisements all over there. But that's uh, whatever, right? Uh, so the things, so here's what I'll bitch and complain about. Uh, the dialogues, right? The dialogue was very sticky, right? I didn't like the dialogue at all. It was just like very awkward, right? Um, yeah. The the action scenes, like I, I'm looking for Marvels to start updating action scenes because there's that, you know that <laughs> that old. You know, look, we are in the era of of WWE and of 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 fighting like actual people getting to like rings and throwing hands you know let's let, let, let's get into that let there and they're all arch actual martial artists out there out there making their money why don't you bring these guys in and instead of having guys still flipping around and doing all this crazy stuff flipping off of buses and, and all this other crazy stuff so uh, so people are like yeah the action scenes are the best part i'm like yeah but if you if you've ever been in a real fight in your life <laughs> brother you are you are pissed right right um because you know there were certain certain times when he was throwing punches and stuff you know and it was like and the dudes are like flying like flying around going up against flying up against like wait he doesn't even have a superpower yet why is he punching a dude and he's getting punched up against the wall and all that no that's not how that's supposed to work um the uh you know look once again i'm a, i'm an 80s kid I'm a Jim Henson baby, right? I'm I'm from the era of of Never Ending Story, mm-hmm. and from um and Dark Crystal, right? And Fragile Rock, right? And E. T. Right, where the animals and the light look really real, right? They're not that digital mess that's going around, right? So there are times when there's natural creatures in there that I would have loved to seen to have seen puppets. So you can like see the hair on on their back and and but I saw the wings. The wings on certain on certain things looked fake. The animals just looked fake. It just looked eh. It just it just once again. And that's because I'm an '80s baby. Um, I was used to look things looking how they look. And and you know we've got all this technology. We've got all this technology, and instead of blending the technology into the story and making it really seem more real they're they're using technology as a heavy point to make everything do what it does and and i'm not impressed right um here, here here's what i did like uh i did like look i look i like some of the characters that they use i like aquafina she's my girl but you gotta dial her back, right? She was cussing all over the place when she didn't need to cuss, and awkward, pl- pl- just cussing in awkward places, right? Um, I do like I I did like some of the Easter eggs. The Easter eggs are pretty cool. Um, did you catch the fact that you know with everybody talking about how to pronounce Shang Chi, mm-hmm. there was ten different pronunciations of Shang Chi. Uh, they did, and I think we talked about this on the last podcast. Yeah, there was ten different yeah. pronunciations of Shang Chi. In yeah. fact, his mother, his own mother, pronounced it, and the one and one that I haven't heard before, but it makes more sense, right? Where there's more of a pronunciation or more of a accent on that shit, the shit, hey Shang Chi, 
so that I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool, right? Um, his his his, um, his Mandarin Cantonese was not very. Eh, um, he, he talked more like a dude that was raised out of San Francisco, which he is, and and that's fine. Um, the uh, the other thing I did like is I did like some of the background of of. Uh, the when, when when we got to Tao Lao, like the fountains over there, that was that was absolutely freaking beautiful. But once we got into the Asheville, it was like, eh, eh. Um, I was a little tore up about. Okay, you've got these dra- dragon plates, um, dragon that you're making shields out of. It's 2021. Um, nobody thought to make th- this stuff into the bullets. Like, <laughs> okay, you know, you know, there's a whole bunch of monsters and demons back there. Why didn't you? take the time to send somebody out to figure out how to make bullets and guns out of this stuff. Like, okay. Um, about making your houses and, and everything out of that and then shooting arrows from out, from out there. You know, you know th- I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just crazy. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's one of those, they wanted to do it. Here, here's what I do know. They, they had a set mind, right? There's the crou- hidden dragon crouching tiger, right? They yeah. had that in mind for U.S. Um, audiences, right? They knew that that at one time worked. And they wanted to do an MCU superhero movie, but they didn't want to depart from that because it's like, okay, if we're doing an Asian character, we got to do this just to make it have that feel, and we can't depart from it too much. And that's fine. Right, and that's fine, but it suffered it suffered a lot. Um, you suffered a lot in introducing any new characters, right? This yep. was the time when you sh- you should have been doing new Agents of Atlas, right? All the new characters. Instead, we got Captain Marvel, the one character that nobody likes. Nobody cares about Captain Marvel yet. You're putting it, put her in here. You got Wong. Wong is fine, you know, but I didn't need to see him that as much towards the end. You got banner okay whatever what what's what is, what's going on for the new stuff how come we got they didn't introduce any of the new stuff but that that's just yeah. me a lot of old man bitches and grabs for me what do yeah. you think so i i mean i think you're right so as far as like the uh the stingers at the end or the the after credits trailers um yeah i think that that was probably a good place for them to introduce maybe a new character or um or something like that, but I do understand their need to tie this into the rest of the Marvel universe proper, you know, because we need to make this feel like it was an actual MCU movie. Um, that was that was supposed to be Jimmy Woo, right? <laughs> right, Jimmy right. Woo. and he didn't. Yeah, he never showed up. But uh, so I kind of want to uh, kind of co- compare and contrast uh, this movie to the actual Shang Chi comic the master of kung fu from the 70s where they pretty much just scrapped everything except for shang chi himself right that um the, there's there's nothing that resembles the uh the actual comic book master of kung fu um there's like the the uh of course right well razor fist the the one of the major 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 bad guys death dealer that those guys appeared in the original series but um in the original series uh, shang chi actually was uh grew up in england not not america and was a uh member of the british secret service and 
uh, and was allied with uh, with all the all the Secret Service over there, the MI6, and was doing um, missions for them. And there were there's a ton, there was a ton of characters that they could have used in this movie, like Blackjack Tar. Uh, and a couple of I can't remember the name uh, Nayland I think that was the leader of the of the group, um, but but Shang Chi was actually kind of like the uh, like a like a James Bond type character that would get into you know the kung fu fights and that was really that's the that was the selling point was back in the seventies with where where kung fu movies were the rage. Uh, Master of Kung Fu was the Marvel's answer to that, and he was a general. Generally, it was a, a blatant ripoff of Bruce Lee, with mm-hmm. um, and his and in the comic, his father was uh, was Fu Manchu, who was not even a Marvel character, but he was licensed from uh, from the creator, and uh, and followed highly racial stereotypes. Um, you know, as far as uh, as far as that goes, if you, if you look back in the seventies now. They would know these books would have never been published as far as uh, as far as the 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 racial slurs that they use almost every sure. issue, almost yeah, every yeah, issue, yeah. and um, and uh, the the uh, Fu Manchu was always colored yellow, like like actual like palette yellow. Um, they got Shang Chi's skin color right, but uh, Fu Manchu was always yellow. They, there was a yellow claw showed up, and and he was he was always yellow. Um, so it was the racial stereotypes were were throughout the book. Um, so I do see the need for them to have changed them. But here in the Shang Chi and, and Legend of Ten Rings, we have um, almost a, a marriage between a few different ideas from Marvel, where. Um, now Shang Chi's father is is the Mandarin, right? Who is that's not in the MCU. Mandarin is not Shang Chi's dad. Um, the Ten Rings were actually these wrist bracelets, five on each wrist instead of one on each finger, um, right. and all, and having a different. Uh, each one had a different power, right? But these seem to be more like uh, more like weapons, more like uh, you know just you know, boom, boom, power blasts. Right. right. Um, as opposed yeah. to the, the different powers in the, in the ring, just to kind of give you an idea. It was like, there was a, there was a fire ring, an ice ring, a, a disintegration array, uh, yeah. you know, it's well, like yeah. all kinds well, of weird know, stuff. Well, you know where they got that from, right? So there's yeah. a movie for all my Wu-Tang fans out there. There's a movie called the 36 chambers of Shaolin. And mm-hmm. one of the characters out there has 10 rings on his, on his forearms and he uses those to fight. Hmm. He uses those to defend himself. Sometimes he can throw them off, do all this crazy stuff. So that's that's where they got that from. Well, and I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna criticize it too much because I thought it would it looked cool, you know, for him to use them as weapons and and they would come. He would he could shoot them off. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but that the base of where these rings came from, they did kind of make a significant change from the comic to. The, the MCU, and then um, I really thought that the uh, the fantasy island there, where the hidden race of uh, of Asian people, um, I thought it was very much like Kun Lun from Iron Fist, right. which we've already seen in the Netflix series. And to me, that seemed like uh, so are they kind of making Shang Chi almost kind of like Iron Fist, where they had that hidden society where, and even. Even it only opened up once a year. 
Yeah. Another, <laughs> I, another, I, another missed opportunity to explain was, that away. Right? I was like, you know, why didn't they could have, they could have actually had, I, I was ex- actually, when they said that, I was like, is this really Kunlun and are we going to see Iron Fist? And I was, and they even said the drag, like the heart of, they were talking about the dragon and the heart of the dragon. And I was like, wait a second. I was like, what's going on here? So now it's, I, I like it because on the face of it, uh, I, I can see what, because I remember when, when they first announced that Shang-Chi was, they were going to make a movie. I was like, how are they going to make a Shang-Chi movie that's going to make, that's going to be interesting enough to have Marvel fans buy into it, you know? And and this is it because you, you you had to you had to steal kind of like an origin story from Iron Fist. Plus, they had to have um, the bring in uh, the the dad villain from Mandarin. We had to kind of they had had to kind of rewrite and edit and <laughs> you know yeah. and kind of pull stuff and ideas. Um, but it kind of worked. I, I think that you're right about uh, about the Aquafina character. I think uh, Katie was super turned up um, and. Uh, she was de- she was the blatant definition of a sidekick. She was just she was just there for a comic relief and yep, just you see her laugh. You see her grow as a character, I guess a little bit. But she did really kind of she she was she was really the annoying Michael Pena Ant Man <laughs> character, mm-hmm. if you remember. Like, uh, and he was amusing, but didn't really affect the story too much. Um, so that to me, I liked, I liked, I liked her, but she was, I think they overused her. And then, um, I, I did like the relationship between Shang-Chi and his sister. I thought that, that, that ended up being, uh, being the heart of the movie. Um, I, I like what's going to, what's going forward. I'd like to see him in the Marvel universe more like, and then I'm sure he'll be in the next Avengers movie. Uh, I'm sure we'll get a sequel to Shang-Chi before the next Avengers movie. So um, by the time, yeah. yeah. Um, now the, the other thing that, you know, and I know we're spending a long time talking about Shang-Chi, but that there's kind of a lot to unpack is the, uh, I want to say maybe the cultural appropriation of, of, uh, of this being just a, a, a film for Asian characters, much like black Panther was kind of like, we own, uh, you know, the, the African community was like, we own this movie. This is, uh, this was for us. Um, this is, I think Shang-Chi was very much, uh, geared towards the Asian crowd. There was, no, there was almost, almost a hundred percent, uh, Asian actors in this movie. Um, so, uh, and from what I understand, a huge turnout uh, on the Asian side, but, but, um, I hear the, there's a, there's a mess with the release dates in China. Is yes, that, sir. is that what's going on there? Yes, sir. So once again, and this goes back into our discussions about Black Widow, right? Black Widow yeah. absolutely has been demanding, you know, the theater wide release. And, but I keep saying, who hired her lawyers and agents? Who, who hired these people? How did they not know? That during the summertime, during the summertime, China, China doesn't freaking let any movies from Hollywood or outside of China really have any type of summertime release. Hmm. They should have known that, and that would have figured into the numbers. If she would have came at, came at it from that angle, then we have we got something else to talk about. But she's like, well, you know, all these other movies may make a lot of money. Well, no, that's not even true. Um, and once again, I've always wondered why 
there aren't a lot of releases during um during the summertime. Well, they they sometimes do. They sometimes they do it right before the summertime or right after the summertime. And that's because of the China summer release schedule. At this time, Black Widow still we are two weeks into it. Black Widow still has not gotten a permit to be released in China. Interesting. Shang Chi still has not gotten a permit to be released in China, right? Um, and that's and that's huge, right? That because that goes into the numbers, right? So yeah. people were like, "Well, you know, as soon as they get that permit, they'll make more money." No, China doesn't play like that. China people don't play like that. They're like, "Okay, everybody else is talking about it on the internet. Let me go ahead and uh, pirate this real quick." <laughs> let me, let me, like, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Oh, okay, right. Let me let me get on this. Disney Disney Woo plus, Disney Woo minus. <laughs> and, and watch it real quick. <laughs> wow. Like like uh, the hubris. The hubris. Yeah. So so in the meantime, uh, Disney says, "Yep, we've got the numbers. We figured it out." Now that China has been really slow releasing our stuff, you know what we're going to do? We are going to ex- exclusively announce that all the rest of the movies for Disney is going to release inside the theater exclusively. Right? Hmm. No more waiting for. No, and it's only going to be forty-five days, right? And and you know what? If we had, if we had not been going to talk about it on this show. I could have waited forty-five days to watch Shang Chi. Yeah. It was not. It was. It just wasn't that important to me. Right? And now that I, there's a whole bunch of uh, opportunities missed, I'm like, uh, you know, I really could have waited forty-five days for this. Really. Um, so last. So now we got Last Duel, which is one. Is one of those Disney things that's not superhero related. Ron going wrong, but the one that, of course, that we care about is the yeah. Eternals. Which is uh, so a month from now, November fifth. That's when that's yep. going to get released. Uh, West Side Story. That's that's when I I'm all over. I gotta watch that West Side Story. No, uh, and the King's Man on December twenty second. So so there's there's going to be some interesting things going on with that. Yeah. Um, the uh, let's see. And then what if? What about what if? Yeah. What did you think about the what if stuff? Um, I thought the fourth episode, so that was last week's episode, the Doctor Strange uh, episode was the strongest one so far. Mm. Um, I thought it, it, it just, the emotions that it raised up, um, it was it just made me feel uh, so much sympathy towards uh, towards both Doctor, both Doctor Stranges, right? So I imagine you have the original Doctor Strange, and then the the branch off that that was created with the uh, with the death of the of the uh, the other Doctor. There, um, I thought that the that the just the rollout of the episode and and how just demented um, Doctor Strange became, and uh, and then the to throw in the uh, you know the unhappy ending, I guess. Uh, the tragic ending at the uh, at the conclusion of the episode um, just made it really uh, really feel like this was really something that they did, you know. And uh, I thought that that was great. This week's episode, the the zombie episode. I'm not a big fan of Marvel zombies. I never really was, um, but uh, I thought what they did uh, I, it was interesting. I'm I'm 
I'm enjoying the show a lot more for the animation side of thing more than the writing. Um, the animation is just unequaled. I think it's fantastic. Um, I think the voiceover acting is really, really great, especially with um, the majority of the original cast coming back to do their voices. Um, they've already announced a season two. Uh, I can't wait to see what's upcoming. I know we have one more episode to, to get through uh, next week, which I imagine, it, I mean, they haven't done a Thor episode yet. I, and I kind of thought that they said Chris Hemsworth came back to do Thor. Um, but we haven't seen them yet. So I imagine next week's a Thor episode. Um, but I just think that this is this is really a show that's uh, that's kind of going to be opening up the possibilities of what we can do in the movies um, with uh, and already rumors uh, rumors abound that the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness movie is actually going to have the alternate Doctor Strange that first appeared in the What If. And that he's actually going to be in the next movie. So, and uh, so yeah, the rumor has it was they built a set that they built a set that uh, that is for the uh, the evil Doctor Strange. So that's a, that's an interesting um, segue, right? Because I think that uh, people were watching this wondering if there was going to be anything coming out of this cartoon or animated universe that was going to affect the uh, storylines going forward. So I just think uh, I think it's great stuff. You know, yeah. I think going forward is going to be, uh, I guess the sky's the limit, right? So that they could even like they could test stuff on what if that they wouldn't be able to right. test normally. So oh yeah, so have you seen? Uh, so I want you to go back because I don't think you watched the Mandarin one shot. I did watch it. Yeah, I that did. Was I thought that was great. <laughs> so I didn't even know. I didn't even know uh, that it had dropped. Um, and I hadn't heard about it. And then someone told me, um, there's a, there's a, there's a Mandarin short starring Ben Kingsley. That's kind of like a primer for the Shang-Chi movie and you should watch it before you go. And I was like, what? There was absolutely zero hype on this. And how did I miss it? And so I turned it on immediately and I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. And it's only like 13 minutes long, Yeah. but it's uh, Ben Kingsley was amazing in it as Trevor Slattery. And it really was almost like a, like a little teeny tiny sequel to Iron Man three, but also a, uh, you know, like a precursor, like right at the end when, uh, when Trevor is kidnapped, so to speak, um, and I just thought I thought it was funny. I thought Ben Kingsley was just having a blast playing Trevor again. Right, right, and yeah. he probably he probably never thought he would ever come back to play Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, but I thought it was just something that I think they must have thrown together last minute to think that it was going to be just like a this fun little thing we're going to do. And uh, to bring back. Um, was it Sam Rockwell that they brought back as as uh, yeah, Justin yeah, yeah. Justin Hammer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't believe it. I thought it was I thought it was great and it it's it was obvious that the actors were just having fun and there was you know I I can't imagine how many how many takes or how many blooper reels that they ended up getting through through that but it's yeah. very interesting if you haven't seen it if you haven't seen it go see it it's it's, sure. it's great. Yep. Well, uh, we're at the halfway mark. Ready to take a break? Uh, yeah, let's take one. Uh, we haven't watched this one in a while.
If you want to find out what makes a professor do his happy dance, check out the All Timers Comic Book Show only on the UCPN. That was a bit of selfless uh, <laughs> self promotion. We got to get you to do that again, but out of the chair. I don't like the out in the chair dancing. <laughs> it's like you're at a wedding. Nah, That's all I do. Out of the chair, get get the whole body going. You know what I mean? That's all I do is chair dancing. <laughs> but yeah, catch all catch old timers. Uh, that's a, a podcast that we talk about old comics. They got to be over twenty five years old. So it's uh it's a really kind of fun, uh, just kind of talking old school. So so let's uh let's jump into some comics. Yes, sir. So I will talk about. Give me a second to talk about this real quick. Uh, D23, Disney has started talking about D23. Um, the last time we had D23 was about a couple of years ago. Uh, and that one was really big for these comic speculating uh, community because two books came out, right? Marvel Com- They were both Marvel issues of Marvel Comics 1000. One was the color version. The other one was a black and white. The black and white goes for $10,000 right now. Right? Um, wow. And that's because it had a lot of characters that were going to be going big for the future of Marvel going forward. And because it had the first appearance of Mickey Mouse inside a Marvel um, book. Right? Or at least on the cover of, of a Marvel book. So now I'm getting I'm letting everybody know right now, hey, there's another one happening 2022. November 2022, right? That's when the next one is. So of course they've got Phase Four happening. They got all that. Of course they're they're gotta have another big comic book that's gonna be gonna be there, right? So I'm saying, hey, be there or be square. Don't be complaining that you can't. I had somebody last night tell me, oh, you know, I'll just pick it up on eBay. No, you don't. You don't want to do that. <laughs> you don't. You don't want to do that. Uh, you don't want to have to try and pick it off of eBay and then it's a three thousand, four thousand dollar book. That's how much the colored one, mm. right? Uh, raw, right? Um, I think people are going to be a lot smarter about buying it or selling it, selling everything this time. So when are they selling tickets for this? Well, they're going to be selling tickets for it in January of 2022. It's happening at the Anaheim Convention Center. So once again, get your ducks together. Get ready to freaking buy this thing. I'm going to see if I can get some tickets to this thing. If I can, this is going to be freaking awesome. Um, um, just you know, just that, just sitting around in the, in the Disney atmosphere, you know, take it all in and all that other stuff. Um, now, here's the thing: in order to get the black and white tickets, you you might have to be a part of their special premium program, which is like a gold membership, which is like a hundred dollars a year, uh, which is which is not bad. You know, you get invited to all these types of events. You're probably getting going to get invited to a little off. Off the off the main thing type of event where that's where they'll you'll get your comic book. So once again, keep an eye out for this type of stuff, uh, especially for the D twenty three stuff. And the reason why this that bit that book was so big is because it talked about a lot of the stuff going forward, such as uh, the Mass Raider, right? Um, it talked about uh, I forget the 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 other big characters, um, but this is that is something you should definitely pay attention to the defenders right i love this book i love what was going on with this book you know you've got 
the uh, these this new defender group, Silver Surfer, Doc Strange, Harpy of all of all mm-hmm. people. Um, yeah. I forget the name of the Cloud Girl and everything. They're all getting together and Cloud. They're, <laughs> Cloud, yeah, uh, they're, yeah, they're they're all getting together to fight against this existential threat, possibly the end of the current cosmos and the restarting of a new one. So they go off to another dimension or another cosmos or whatever. So they, they, they went to the previous reality before this one. So yeah. now if you if you read uh, in Al, Al Ewing's universe, so, um, well, actually, this is, this is already well known, but Galactus was the last member of the last surviving uh, person from the previous universe before the big bang right so the big bang supposedly created the marvel universe but but the what did the big bang come out of was the end of the previous universe and galactus was the uh was the only surviving person from the previous universe now this is where doc the the defenders have gone back to the previous universe and they've learned that there were six other ones before that so they've been there have been now this is and this is huge right there have been six other previous universes that all have ended similarly right so that's that is the one of the big revelations uh, along with a bunch of other al ewing isms in this so I, i but please continue i just wanted to clarify that for the people no, I mean, absolutely, you're, you're hitting it on the spot. So they go to the previous reality, or the previous cosmos, and they go so far back that they actually find Galen, who is the human form of Galactus, right? Um, so, you know, so, so far he had that moment there where he's trying to figure out, should I kill this freaking baby? <laughs> That's where we're at now. We're at, we're at baby killing comics. And Mass Raider pulls up behind him and says, like, "Hey, what, what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just doing this fireworks show." Yeah, okay, pal. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, but that was that was the big that was the big reveal, which is pretty 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 interesting. And then they go off do all the types of other crazy stuff. Um, but that one, this that was that that one was the big thing to me. Um, and I think this was also the first appearance of that other villain, the Omnimax. I think that was that was in here as well. Yep. So Omnimax uh, is the uh, iteration of Galactus from the previous universe. So now Galen, who they introduce, well, I mean, it's this isn't the first time that Gal- Galen has appeared as Galen, but this is this is where we get him as a baby. But this obviously, this Omnimax is is the Galactus of this of this reality, and um, from the other character they introduce here is Ta Taia. And that Taia is Galactus's mom, and and she actually looks like she joins the group at the end of this issue because she gets thrown back into the sixth reality. So they've, I guess, what we're living in, or what Marvel Six One Six is like the eighth reality. They got thrown back in this issue, the seventh reality, and now they're going back to the sixth reality for next issue. And this, uh, th- it's very interesting because you throw in these these little known characters, really are. These uh, what do you call them? D-list characters, right? So Cloud, yeah. Har- Harpy, um, not necessarily so Silver Surfer and Doctor Strange are the characters from uh, that that give this the Defender name, right? Because you wouldn't really be able to call them the Defenders if Doctor Strange or Silver Surfer wasn't around. And then you have um, you have uh, the Masked Raider, who 
really, since he, uh, I guess, re-debuted in uh, Marvel 1000 two years ago, we really haven't seen him. He's th- he showed up in a in a couple of like cameo appearances in a couple of different comics, but we really don't know who this guy is or uh, or what he's doing. He we know that he has a mask that is made out of uh, out of eternity. <laughs> yes. Right. So that kind of gives him this cosmic type awareness. Um, but there's something else there, and I was in, and we, like I said, we don't know who it is. We kind of get the feeling from his interactions with the Silver Surfer in this issue that he's someone that we're supposed to know, that we have, that he has history in the Marvel universe. And I'm gonna throw this out there. I, I, I just from reading this issue, um, I was just like, okay, I, can, I think I know who this is. I think that this is the Silver Age Nick Fury, who, um, you know, was living in Attilan as the Watcher. Until the Watcher came back, and I can't remember what comic he came back because we read everything, so it, I can't remember which comic that they actually re-resurrected the Watcher. Um, but Nick Fury walks away from that at the end. Uh, but, I mean, he still has all his life experiences as he's lived on Attilan as the Watcher for the last several years. And now he's got this cosmic, uh, what I feel like he's got this mask that is really kind of giving him the ability to to, to make changes now and he wasn't able to do that before mm-hmm. um but for silver surfer where he says i know who you are master raider and then he, and then he says then you know i can't allow anything to disrupt this mission or the course of time so now he's an agent of of the time stream or whoever so maybe who knows maybe he's working for king the conqueror who the heck knows mm. but uh you know they are using kang quite a bit so i wouldn't be surprised to see him turn up um but anyway yeah this now this uh there's al ewing isms abound in this um where they uh they bring up uh the fact that the uh the life bringer they mention him and if you remember from uh from al ewing's ultimates run galactus when they turned him into a force for good yeah. uh he was called the life bringer correct Yes, sir. And, and they actually bring, uh, they actually mention Lifebringer One as the legendary first hero in the time, and she, and this is where Taia says in the time before time, right? So now she's already referencing the previous reality, where she says the Lifebringer wrestled the great dragon Antiol, right? Oh, now Jesus. is that the one below all? Who is that? Is that you know who is that? <laughs> Well, um, I guess we'll find out, right? No, because this is what she, I'm going to read. This this is actually exactly what she says. In the time before time, he wrestled the great dragon Antiol from the Underlands beneath uh, infinity. <laughs> that's a that's an Al Ewing. <laughs> is that the one below all? <laughs> it's got to be. Well, right? there's 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 several characters or main gods that are below all and everything, but with Al Ewing. That's got to be the one below all. If it's an Al Ewing yep. joint, it's got to be the one below all. Because that's all he's been messing around with for the last, what, two, yeah. three years? All but, right. And here's, here's another concept they bring up. Because I'm just like, I just thought that there was just so much that they threw in this issue. Um, there was a secret weapon they used against the Devourer. They, they used against Omnimax, the Mother Cube, which now on the surface kind of looks like uh you know a cross between the mother box from dc and the cosmic cube but when they say love joy pride it's an empathy box that's psycho man's uh machine 
from uh, if you remember Psycho Man from Fantastic Four, <laughs> huh. and 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 that was a, a a weapon that he utilized in the uh, in the microverse. So, you know, th this is a, another huge idea that's little used. That now it seems like they're really he's really kind of coming out and just throwing some concepts out there. I I really loved the heck out of this issue, and but the thing is, is there's so much going on. I can see where it's confusing. <laughs> Plus, it's it's not real, you know. Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer. I mean, yeah, take my money, but I don't know how popular they are to carry a book. Plus, they have Cloud and Harpy in here, which you know you, you're you're buying this book if you're an Al Ewing fan. That's <laughs> you know, and I really kind of think am. that yep. I know, and I just kind of think that they just throw this all together and just they were like Al. This is your book. We're not going to edit you. Just do, it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just do what you want, and just throw whatever you want here. It's it. There's a lot to unpack. I had to read this comic twice just so that I kind of got a lot of the different references, and just to see all the different the different way that they're they're kind of going with this, and and it's opening up a playground for Al Ewing to go in and kind of explore. No one's explored the time before. Um, and then no one's really had that concept of, you know, we're in the eighth reality and that there, there were seven other realities. And then they introduced this other new character, which makes me wonder. I don't even know if there's uh, if this might be a new character, Moradun, and on, on the last page, um, you know, because he kind of looks like a like a sorcerer supreme almost from uh, from the you know, previous realities. So it's a, there with a pentagram on his head with a, with the eye at each end. Right. Um, it, it, it's very interesting. So buy this book to just to kind of, if you just want some weird, just do it. It's awesome. I like this book. I love everything about Al Ewing. So yeah. And it's the fact that he's doing a whole bunch of callbacks and stuff that he's been writing over. Or yeah. writing on for the last three years is great. The the art by Javier Rodriguez, absolutely amazing. Of course, some of that silver silver surfer black stuff is is making it in here. Yep. Um, just just good stuff all around. I'm I'm so glad that finally there was a book <laughs> by Marvel that I really really wanted to talk about. Finally. I you know I'm surprised it took us this long to get back to the Mask Raider. Uh, honestly, because when mm. when he when he appeared in Marvel Comics number one thousand, and now Mass Raider is a, is a take on the old Golden Age Mass Raider, who was he was getting these eight page backup stories back in like Captain America and the Human Torch back in the forties, and you know then he just kind of disappeared, and now he reappeared in two years ago and and updated with the cosmic mask and everything, but then we just never saw him again. <laughs> they never they introduced him and never went back to him and uh and then i think he showed up in like a like a five page backup of something uh you know maybe like the infinity stone type crossover or something he shows up and now um now here he is and he's front and center in the defenders and he's the mysterious he's the mysterious character that's going to be driving the plot and uh, you know, hey, if you, if they're gonna if they're gonna put him more front and center, I'm all I'm all about having a new character to kind of fall in love with here in Marvel. So let's let's do it. You know, I I, I love this character, and yeah. I hope I I really hope I'm right. If if it comes out that he's Nick Fury, you heard it here first. Yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it all makes sense, right? Let's, let's yeah. rewind some of this stuff um, as the MCU is winding down on some of their, their stuff. Yeah, let's, let's make let's make the Marvel Universe great again, right? Um, the, o- the only thing I would have a problem with is some of the continuity, right? Because mm-hmm. look at some of these characters are in are in other books or were in other books. So Silver Surfer Black was the big thing, but I don't know whether his energy got dissipated or he's dead or what. I don't know what's going on. With it him. did in the end of um, what was it? Empire. He mm-hmm. showed up in. I think that uh, that the end of that crossover, he uh, they they got rid of the black. Oh no, it was King and Black because he yeah. showed up. It was King and Black, and he was fighting. Uh, you know, I see this, that forgettable guy. <laughs> uh Dr. Drange is dead. Right. So the Dr. Drange that the Doc Strange that shows up is a dip as a different uniform. It's not this guy. <laughs> right. Um Harpy, she's on her own little thing. I don't know what's going on with that, but she and Hulk are hanging out or dead or whatever. I'm well, I'm gonna assume that this takes place after Al Ewing's Hulk run, which you know, we're just we just we're just waiting for the last issue at this point. So, <laughs> uh, don't get me started on that thing with its twenty covers or so. I think that's actually we are like ten or eleven. Yeah, um, that, that thing. And then Harpy, I, I don't remember when the last time I saw, or excuse me, Cloudy or whatever her name is. <laughs> Cloud <laughs> Cloud hasn't shown up, I think, since the end of the New Defenders run back in the nineteen eighties. I don't, and I, someone someone shout out if uh, if I'm wrong, but I don't think we've seen her since then. And uh, you know, I don't think anybody missed her, but it's, I'm kind of interested in what she's doing here. Uh, so hey, you know, it's there. There have been several iterations of the Defenders over the last thirty or forty years, and this one is the one that's got me the most interested. And I'm and I'm glad Al Ewing took the reins. So we'll see. I'm 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 intrigued. I am intrigued. It was, so, it was a good one. Well, what about uh, let's go to Amazing Spider-Man number seventy-three? Uh, strap up for this one. Did did, did you <laughs> now? How many times did you have to read this to get it? With me, you've got maybe three or four pages before you put me to sleep. Before I actually start going, and that was. <sighs> Their their three to four pages started from the beginning of this freaking thing, right? Look, this this whole situation of you know, because the big the whole big thing was supposed to be who is the centipede guy, right? Yeah. And then, hey, why yeah why are Mary Jane and Mysterio getting along so well all of a sudden? And now you know are they re- are they rebooting the one more day scenario? Mm-hmm. Um, look. First of all, you cut you cut short another part of the Amazing Spider-Man lore that I was looking forward to with the whole their Mordred thing and the vampires and the spider totems. I, I was all about that. Then you cut that short for this, and I'm I'm lost at it. I'm like I, I really it's hard for me to care. <laughs> it's hard for me to care about this thing. So so I read the dialogue, I see what's going on, and and, and that's it. That's that's all they get. There's all they get from me. So, <laughs> you know, they 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 they, they played it, especially when they played out the kindred thing for so long. Mm-hmm. They played it out for so long. 
and, and now you want me to care about who it is. Like, oh, you know, it's actually this Osborne kid. Like, okay. Yeah, it was the uh, the red herrings that they kept throwing out. So at the time when that now now you have the ultimate reveal, it's almost it's almost anticlimactic, but the fact that they never really had gone back and referenced this storyline that 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 they're now retconning um, was kind of a surprise, right? That's and I, I I know that this was designed to kind of come out of left field because everybody was expecting and and we're probably still going to get the the resolution with Mephisto and in the next issue, which is Nick Spencer's swan song on, on Spider-Man. So I'm still pretty confident that at the end of next issue, we're going to have some kind of resolution about the marriage between Peter and Mary Jane, that he's going to remember everything. um, And that, you know, Mephisto will kind of cease to be an issue here. Um, this issue now. This was this was something I never thought they they would retcon. In fact, I never thought that they would uh, ever reference again. I, there's a lot of stuff that that uh, that J. Michael Straczynski did on Amazing Spider-Man during his run back in the '90s or early 2000s. I can't remember how long ago it was. Um, where I was in the early 2000s, where. Um, there, you know, and a lot of it was like the Moreland storyline that, that you were just referring to um, was Straczynski. And then he did this uh, the Sins Past storyline. I, I believe that that's what it was called, where he introduces um, Sarah and Gabriel, the two children of uh, the love children of Gwen Stacy and Norman Osborne, which at the time broke the re- broke reality. It just it broke the internet, so to speak, before the internet was the internet, right? And mm-hmm. this was this was one of those storylines that uh, Straczynski made enemies over from the fans. They hated this storyline to the point that Straczynski ends up off the book, um, and that the they they never really reference them ever again after this they sarah and gabriel kind of go off into (laughs) where where forgotten characters go and now here they are turning up at uh in this storyline where now we we realize that they were never they were they were never really uh norman and uh gwen's kids that everything was an elaborate ruse by a com- combined combined efforts between the chameleon, Mendelstrom, and Mysterio, all, all working for Harry prior conspiracy. to conspiracy. It's, it's all conspiracy. It, it is confusing but, uh... to the max. So they end up. So I mean, I I would be the first person to tell you whatever. I don't care that they retcon this storyline. They retcon the fact that Sarah and Gabriel were actual people. That uh, you know. They were just basic, uh, basically clones. Everybody's a clone. That's the answer for everything. Yeah. Um, and that um, that now Kindred, who is a probably is the remaining clone between Gabriel and Sarah, but also um, switches. She could switch back and forth, and sh- like like chameleon, right? So she could change her face. So this is this is where everything is kind of coming to a head. I'm glad that they, I'm glad they retconned that storyline. I would have been so happy if they never even brought it up because that is one of those stupid forgotten things that no one ever thinks about. No one ever talks about, you know, it's one of those, uh, one of those storylines. If you're, if you're a writer, um, something you don't like, you just ignore it. Right. (laughs) 
yeah. know, just ignore that storyline that's been it's yeah. been ignored for the last 20 years. Uh, why bring it up? You know, you've, you, the one thing that everybody was expecting you to retcon, which was the uh, the one the the brand new day storyline where, um, you know, Mary Jane's and Peter's uh, marriage was forgotten about. We we all kind of well, I don't know if we all want to see that go away. I don't know if the, like at the end of the story that I actually want to have Peter and Mary Jane be married again. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in seeing a resolution for that, but then to, to bring up this other old storyline that nobody liked, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like leaving a bad taste in my mouth after, after everything. It's like, I just don't want to, I want to remember this. I don't want to remember that story, you know? So, you know, this kind of been a, an anticlimactic ending um, to an overly confusing, too many characters being used kind of plot. Exactly. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm in, I, I I like Nick Spencer as a writer. I loved, I mean, for the most part, his Amazing Spider-Man run has been really convoluted, especially the last year, year and a half, where the, there's just been so many fringe characters being used and uh, too many characters. Um, this, I'm kind of glad, I'm, 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 I'm praying that we have some new blood coming on Spider-Man. Uh, I'm happy to have this end. So. Just amazing stuff. Like, it, I, what are they? What are they doing with Spider-Man, man? Why are they trying to kill him? <laughs> Why are they trying to kill this character off so much, man? I I don't understand, man. Um, like you, you've mentioned so much stuff that enrages me. So I, I'm com I was coming from it like, hey, you were doing good with this particular outline, and I forgot. I, I even forgot about the the uh, the tablet of life and death that they were yeah. going for, which the kingpin currently has, and they cut that short to do this for no reason. And then you brought up all that other stuff that I hated about this freaking storyline. Oh my god! <laughs> there was it was almost like every every supporting character that was ever on the canvas for Spider Man just kind of found its way into the last uh, I want to say ten or twelve issues of Spider Man where our heads are spinning. There's so much happening um, that you can't keep everything straight. Um, you have to reread every issue just to make sure you didn't miss anything. Um, but there's just, yeah, there was a lot, there was a lot going on and it got to the point that it was like, there's so much, I don't care. You know, if, if they were to concentrate on the relationship between Norman and Peter, that would be one thing, you know, but instead when you when you have the 60, 60 year history of Peter and Norman with all their supporting characters all around them, and you have to kind of get to each relationship, it's very difficult. And now with this, with the, they have to they have to resolve this. Norman had sex with Gwen, but now they now he didn't. Now that you know Gwen is pure again, <laughs> you know. Even though she's been dead for fifty years, you know, they they gave her back her purity. So well, it is, it is what it is. It was, you know, I know that there are all the oldies like me um, who loved Gwen Stacy and hated the Straczynski storyline where it kind of ruined her character thirty years after the fact. 
and just to see this kind of go back i can see where you know i can see where nick spencer probably grew up hating that storyline too and always wanted to fix it but i think that's the wrong approach to have as a writer of a comic book to be to have to look at stuff other writers did and hate it so much that you want to fix it you know that's the kind of absolutely nothing with this well do you you fix do you fix one thing but create more problems right and that's that's where i kind of feel like um i kind of feel like this this book maybe missed the mark a little bit um is, it didn't is, fix anything. It didn't give any more complexity to Spider-Man's life. Well, it's more about the the villains. So, <laughs> but I mean, and you you could look at it through the lens of when was the last time something like this was? I mean, and I don't want to compare this to the Clone Saga, but I guess I'll go there. Um, so, the Clone Saga from thirty years ago was based on the storyline that had happened twenty years before that, where. Um, you know, there was just stuff nobody liked about Gwen and Miles Warren the Jackal and the clone Peter Parker and that they created this storyline that actually had legs but then uh, wore out its welcome. This is this is how I kind of feel about the wearing out the welcome. I kind of feel like Nick Spencer wore out his welcome on Spider-Man, you know? Yeah. And that that's what makes me feel bad. But... um. I want to say when he first came on the book, I thought he was probably the best writer suited to take over for slot. And now, uh, now I just want someone else to take over. I'm, I'm, I'm done. So, but thank you, Nick, for your, for your time served. But, um, (laughs) you know, you didn't need to fix, you didn't, uh, this needed to be, I guess needed to be fixed to the demand of maybe half of the Spider-Man audience. I think the Spider-Man audience now is a little too young uh, to even remember or care about the previous storylines from uh, from Brand New Day or from uh, Straczynski's run 20 years ago or from, you know, Jerry Conway's run 50 years ago. It's, mm-hmm. you know, there's just too much water under the bridge. Blaze your own path, baby. Sir. Well, here's a question. What did you think about this? Oh yeah, I saw that, and yeah, I can't believe three point six million, and that's that's the highest any comic has ever gone. So yes, now sir. it's it's uh, it's higher than Detective, higher than Action, and now yeah, hey, Spider Man's the man. Three point six mil. Yep, and the offer the owner is now taking offers for five point four. If you, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> I don't know. No, uh, I was talking with Mel. Shout out to uh, Mighty Mel V, and he was like, "There's no way that somebody has a nine six of this freaking thing. There's no way. You got to be a time traveler that went back back in time with my lights and and all types of crazy stuff, and then you had to put it in a special secret vault in order to keep this in pristine condition for it to be a nine six. There's no way, but." Here it is. Yeah, that it's that is uh is crazy. You know, but hey, more power to you, man. I mean, we all collect stuff that we love and you know, for for there to be an amazing fantasy 15 that's mint that's like an, like so mint that the pages are white, that it looks like it just came off the press, that it's like perfect. 
Um, I mean, that's that that's a labor of love right there, right? That is that deserves to be sold for that much. I'm surprised that there's someone, there's a comic book collector out there that feels like they can just drop 3.6 million. And then, but then to want to turn, this is not a fan, by the way. <laughs> this is not a fan to, to, to buy something at 3.6 and turn right around and drop it, try to sell it for 5.4. Uh, right. You don't love Spider-Man. You, you love money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it, it's weird. And I got to figure out who the owner is because right now there are those or, these organizations where they buy these high-end comic books and then they share out pieces of it, right? So you could buy a piece for 50 bucks. Your boy down the street could buy a part for 50 bucks. Then as it goes up in price, you can sell it for, for however much it should cost. Um, so I'm wondering if this was an organization or was, was this like Nick Cage just hiding out the corner, you know, doing his thing. Oh no, Nick, Nick Cage! <laughs> Nick Cage would have made ten movies for three point six million. <laughs> uh, have you heard about this? Joe Bennett will no be long, no longer be working on Marvelous stuff. Marvel's Marvel timeless. Stuff. Yeah, so he, you know, he just got done with uh, the Hulk, Moral Hulk stuff. Yeah, um, but so time, timeless was an is a storyline that just got announced last week, right? That's coming mm-hmm. out in like January. Yes, so, mm-hmm. so, so what? They hired him to do it, and now he's not doing it. Yes, because uh, of some racist post um, that he's been having. Um, so, well, so, he, so wait, 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 wait. So uh, he he posted something racist. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so he's he's done stuff before that people were raising their eyebrows at, but he but he explained it away. He does it, okay, gotcha. And then there was the stuff that he put in Immortal Hulk with uh, you know the Jewish uh jewelry stuff, you know, the people who was like raising their eyebrows again, like what the fuck. Really? Um and I didn't think anything of it because I've got there are drawer drawers in Philadelphia that look exactly like that, got the thing all over it. Then, but there was a Twitter post that he put out, and it's 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 damn racist. Like every caricature of of the Jewish people that you could have, every bad caricature that you could have, it was in that freaking photo. And I don't know if he really? drew it or what, but he posted it, and now he's out. That's that's just what it what it is, man. Don't these people learn? <laughs> Don't they learn, you know, stay off Twitter, first of all, you know, uh, God, I'll go. I, well, okay. Um, hey, man, Joe, I love you work on Hulk. <laughs> Sorry, man. You know, you can't, you can't be doing that stuff. If you have a job that you like and you want to keep it, <laughs> don't be throwing shit out on Twitter for everybody to see. My you know, goodness. it's going to end badly. I mean, wh- where is your sense of judgment? You know, I don't care what kind of belief system that you have or what you want to do. As long as it's private, if you have a, you know, whatever you believe privately, as long as you keep it private, I don't, you know, once you throw that out there, you're just opening yourself up for criticism and, 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 you know, repercussions, let's say. <laughs> All right. Let's close it out with some, uh, FOC stuff, uh, Excalibur number 24, Rian Gonzalez. And there's a Joe Jesco masterpiece. 
Uh, Miss Marvel Tales, number one. And then there's also going to be a version of this one that's going to be a 1 to 50. And this one is going to be interesting, right? Because So here, here's why here's I'm making sure that this gets in here is because this is going to be the first week that the FOC is under Penguin Random House. Okay. So this is no 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 longer a Marvel stuff going to be it's totally distributed by random uh, by Diamond. This is going to be by Penguin Random House. The price of this book, the individual book, is seven ninety nine. So times what four bucks times fifty, you get two hundred bucks. So each this book is going to cost uh, retailers two hundred bucks just to qualify for. Wow. Uh, Avengers Tech on number three, the Peach Momoko variant. Ugh, I hate that story, by the way. Anyway, yeah, uh, Captain Marvel number thirty-three. There's a spoiler teaser variant by Gerard Perot. Oh, little Janice Vell coming back. Uh, there's also a Jesco Marvel masterpiece variant. Hey, did you ever get the Marvel masterpiece cards when they were uh, when they were coming out like thirty years ago? That's uh-uh. where all these ju- those were all these Jesco paintings are coming from. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I don't know if they're new. I don't know if it's new work, but um, there was a mass Marvel masterpiece trading card set that came out. I want to say about thirty years ago that had all these original paintings from Jusco. And uh, uh, you know, I like to think a, he's got a lot coming out this uh, that particular week. I forget when the release date for this, but he's got a lot. Oh, uh, I yeah, these these variant Marvel masterpiece variants. I wonder if it's new work. We have to find that out. I don't know if it's I don't know if these are old trading card images or if it's just he's just done new stuff. It looks yeah. new, by the way. Yeah. I don't think I remember seeing some of those. Yeah. Uh, Symbiote Spider-Man Crossroads number four. That's one's the A cover. And is that it, is that Warlord Crow from the Eternals? It is. I don't know. The, the pink I, guy. I, I, I see. Uh, it looks like Spider-Man's wearing. Uh, the dude yeah. from Eternals pants. It's, yeah, it's Icarus. Yeah. I, yeah. Interesting. And then there's also going to be a Peach Momoko variant that's a 1 to 25. That's the first Peach Momoko piece I've actually seen that I kind of liked. Yeah. That's definitely Jusco. Yep. That's another one. That's all new stuff. Right? So this is these are new paintings from Jusco, so that's good. Uh, Eternals Celestial, uh, number one. There's, there's going to be a Rob Liefeld Deadpool 30th anniversary joint. Ugh. Ugh. What? No pockets? Dude, Deadpool. Where? Ugh. <laughs> he looks horrible. Uh-oh. Uh, Star Wars High Republic Trail Shadows, number one. It's going to have quite a few covers. Um... Let's see, there's the Anadito, and then the 1 to 25 is going to be the Juan Tedesco. Nice. Uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunters, the one that I have here right now, people are already goo goo gaga over. Let's give it I do like that. For that one. Yeah. That's a good cover. And then there's the 1 to 25, oh. and then there's this one. I like both of them. Oh, I love that cover. That's the McNiven Carbonite variant. Yes, sir. It's beautiful. Um, Dark Ages number two. There's quite a few covers for this one, but the ones I pulled out was this one to fifty Stigman, and then there's a Hetrick 
which I, I happen late. That one's an open order. And then the 1 to 25 um, hitch. Hmm. Let's see. Actually, that is not Marvel. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, Mortal Hulk number 50 has 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, no. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 covers for the last issue. Jesus. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, stay away. <laughs> stay away. The only one I if you're if you're gonna pick one up, pick up the Garson one. That's the one that I have on there right now. It's got about three hundred different versions of the Hulk on there. Um and I know it's gonna do well because Conan just had one as well by Garson exactly like this one where it has like 300 versions of, of Conan and it's sold out and it's in the storm pretty well. Nice. And then there's also the Joe Benet joint which is pretty good and then there's an Enhyuk Lee. Oh, there's a Stegman as well and then there's an Enhyuk Lee. Nice. So it's, it's the two Hulks fighting together. And then, so my pick that you definitely guys got going to definitely want to look out for is the Hellions number sixteen Joe Jesco masterpiece with Psylocke. Yep, that's a nice painting. Yep, and that, that's all I got, man. I wonder if the I wonder if they're coming out with another Jesco masterpiece set. I wonder if that's what it is. It would make sense for them to do it. Right, give them another year. They'll say, "Oh yeah, well, cards are so hot, so let's let's do it." Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I that was back when I was doing, I was collecting all kinds of stuff. So, I, I think I have a set of Marvel Masterworks somewhere. So, yeah. I mean, if I look, if I didn't get rid of them, look, top, tops has no excuse to not not to because they lost all their sports stuff. Oh jeez, <laughs> they, right? they might as well. <laughs> They're gonna have to get the revenue from somewhere. I don't know why they would. Oh, why do you let that license go, man? Well, it was out of their hands, right? It was one of those twelfth-hour deals, um, and I don't know if I talked about it on on here, but so Tops and Panini they have several products yeah. where there's like autographs and clothes and bats that are inside the cars. Well, a lot of that stuff was fake. It was just well, I don't think the autographs were fake. A lot of the, the really shirts, so yeah. fraudulent. And, yeah, and then they try to come up with excuses of what happened. Like, oh, this was a mistake. This was supposed to be like that. I say, like, okay, what are you doing to make sure that it doesn't happen again? And they made an announcement. Okay, this is what we're going to do, and then all of a sudden they didn't do it. So MLB, NFL, NBA. Um, and I forget who else is out there. Not the NHL because NHL is like upper deck. They took their their toys out of sandbox and say, "Okay, we're going somewhere else." Right? All right, where are you going to go? Well, they just went to Fanatics. Wow. Um, so let's uh, let's let's. I hope they do well. You no, know, um, but it was just interesting, and it's and especially because even more because uh, Tops and Panini they were in deals to go public. Like go on Wall Street. Wow. Um, in fact, Alex Rodriguez was involved in one one of those deals, and he just said, "You know what? I'm taking. You know, no, 
No, no, no. And what's even more interesting is I've talked about Jay-Z before. I don't know if I've talked about Jay-Z on the show. Jay-Z has been doing buying up a whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the companies that he's been funding was Fanatics. So he so there you he's, go. he's just perfect place <laughs> perfect place at the perfect time, man. Just just weird, man. Wow. All right. So that's gonna do it for this episode of No Prize Podcast. So be here in two weeks. We'll we'll uh, be uh, we'll be in the shank of September, just about October, and uh, you know we'll be looking forward. I think to uh, Hawkeye. Ooh, I think that's okay. coming out, and I think uh, we'll be looking towards the Eternals. So maybe we'll have uh, maybe we'll do like an Eternals recap for for the people that don't know Eternals. Maybe we'll yeah, do that. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Awesome. All right. So uh, be here in a couple weeks, and uh, until then, stay safe, and happy back to school. Happy back to school.